This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Robbie's had a long day. Don't need this truth. <laughs> uh, yes, you're off. Ladies and What's gentlemen, that? are we starting, Carl? You can, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Uh, you are listening, or rather watching, the Reds report, not from the Vibe Studio, rather from my office and Carl's bedroom. Carl, I'm underwater. No, no, no. You. You're in the kitchen, mate. You've been promoted. Is it the, ki- is it the yeah. kitchen? Goodness my wife me, says. Yeah, she says, if I spend time with you after eight o'clock, it has to be in the kitchen so you can see what we're up to. So I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> Carlo, for a change, you're not the only foreigner on, a, on our show today. Yes. <laughs> we have, we have Barn, former Barnsley FC player and New Zealand international. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Rory Fallon. Thanks for having me. No, no problem, buddy. How are you today? Looking well. Um, um... I'm good. I've been busy today, to be fair. I've been training and all sorts. Just had, we've just had uh, me and my wife have just had a baby, so uh, just doing daddy daycare stuff, and yeah, <laughs> the list goes on. <laughs> so you're busier than Carlo at the minute. Carlo, something that's busier than you. I, I want to say I am busy. I'm busy. Rory's just busier. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> baby busy. Pretty much. So Rory, not, not, well, uh, not like work busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're very busy at the minute, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to what you're doing now. Uh, but what we do on the Reds Report is like to do things in order uh, and try and keep it as uh, straightforward as possible, which sometimes it goes off rails, as you've probably witnessed from watching <laughs> numerous episodes. <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen. Um, we'll start at the beginning. Uh, were you always a footballer? Or was, yes. was it another sport? So I'll go right back, and my dad was a football coach. So my dad, well, funny enough, when I was listening to um, Colin's last interview, it brought back so many memories. Um, so my my dad was a football coach, 
he was born in Rotherham. Uh, so he went from Rotherham he, uh, and he got a postcard and someone sent him a postcard of this uh, beautiful beach. And it was going to, it, it was Gisborne City, which was the place uh, he went to. Um, that was the club he went to in New Zealand. And that was where I was born. Um, so he got his postcard through the mail saying, come, you know, surf, sand, beaches and football. And he was like, yeah, yeah I fancy that because he was working on the roads. Uh, my dad, he was, he was uh, bouncing uh, in between playing football. And um, yeah, he's got some story. He's got some unbelievable stories of, um, oh, you know, bouncing. We'll get him on here at some point, do you think? That'll be Yeah, he would nice. be, be, be a good one because he could go right back. And obviously, um, he took Colin there and pretty much um, helped Colin out. And when Colin went back to England, he was super fit. Um, that was one thing my dad was quite tough on was fitness and strength and that. So he went back to absolute machine. And I remember Colin when I was a, a, a little boy, you know, just banging in goals for fun. So he was, he was like one of my first heroes when I was a kid. Um, so like, in, cause you when, when you're brought up in New Zealand, there's not many, you know, England so far away. Obviously you, you, when I was growing up, it was Liverpool who was dominant at that time. So you had all Ian Rush and John Barnes and all these people, but the local heroes were my heroes because those were the guys I've seen, uh, you know, week in, week out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so it stems from there. My dad obviously took the New Zealand team to the first ever World Cup in 1982. Um, I was born in 1982. So I was a World Cup, <laughs> yeah, good. I was a World Cup baby. Yeah. <laughs> good year for your dad then. <laughs> yeah, so it actually changed my dad's life, really. It, you know, it turns our family, you know, turns his life around. And he's been coaching for over 50 years now. He's still coaching. Wow. He said he's he's been he's been uh, trying to retire for the last ten years, and every time I go back, he's like, "I'm going to retire this year." And he's like, nah, <laughs> but that's brilliant, but, isn't it? That's that's just just all over the game he has. I mean, obviously, me and Colin, Colin, Colin Walker, you said before, he's exact same, isn't he? Absolute yeah. oozes football out of every pore of his of his body, and he, yeah, you can just see that. You can just see the hunger still, the desire. Yeah, just football men when you when you're when it's part of your being it's like me I tried to get away from football I tried to run as far as I could as soon as I retired I was like Matt I'm, I'm done and then two years after I was like you know what I'm missing it yeah yeah and that's yeah. when the coaching started kicking in you know but it's um I just wanted to get away from it because it was just I had 18 years of being a pro and it was just it, it was it got, it got tough near the end so, so you were born over there then at what point did you end up born- over here and yeah, so my dad's English, my mum's part Māori, and um, which is a native of of the land. Um, obviously, if you don't know what that is, it's you know the the when the Māori uh, when the All Blacks do the haka. Yeah, that's okay. one of our traditional dances. Um, so okay. my mum's Māori, um, my dad's obviously Yorkshireman. Um, so I'm a Yorkshire Māori. There's not many of them, is there? They're, they're rare. Yeah, <laughs> rare, rare, rare breed. So growing up then. Um, in New Zealand, and, and this is this is not out of ignorance. If somebody says to me, "Sport in New Zealand, rugby is is sort of top of that tree, yeah. isn't it?" Uh, you mentioned your dad took New Zealand to the World Cup. Where is that now? Over time, as, from you being a pro, a young boy to now, how has that sort of football development gone in in New Zealand? Is, is it on the up? Is it? Well, in '82, football took over uh, because it was unheard of. They, I think, that '80, that New Zealand 1982 team that went to Spain, um, they went on the longest um, route to the World Cup. 
So it was like, it was a massive record. It was a big deal back then. And around that time, uh, football was on top. And then 30 years later, I ended up going to a World Cup yeah. and taking, you know, New Zealand to South yeah. Africa. Yeah, and your and goal. It was your goal that took them through, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was my goal. So it was, we were, you know, New Zealanders had been waiting for years. So 30 years we've been waiting. And then obviously we, had, we were 90 minutes away from a World Cup, uh, World Cup final. So you could obviously imagine the, the pressure on us to, to win and to produce, to win on our home soil. Because we had right to win. Am I right in thinking it was the second leg against Bahrain? Was it nil nil after the first leg? Is it, yeah, right? so we went and to then, Bahrain and just it was a miracle that we got a draw nil nil. And then um, when we went back to New right. Zealand, because um, all they they needed to all they needed to do if they got one one they would have won. Uh, they yeah. would have went through on um, away goals, so we had to win. And big win. big goal, Rory popped up and 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 did the did the business. Yeah. Pretty much, and that's <laughs> the rest is history, you know. And then, you know, around that time, so between those years, it was just barren. Um, it was, you know, people, you know, still support football, but a lot of New Zealanders support English football. Right. Yeah, um, they don't, they don't really support the local. You know, you, you, they'll still go there, but it's, it's everyone has an English team. So for yeah, me, yeah. all I wanted to yeah. do was play in England. Well, all Wales, Rory. We'll get to that later. All Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. Um, we were talking about that around the dinner table. We were having lunch, and I was saying, we we're talking about like the leagues in New Zealand and whether it's professional or semi-professional. No, it's amateur. It's amateur, right? Yes. There's one um, professional team, and that's the Wellington Phoenix, and they play okay. in um, in the Australian league. That's it. Wow. wow. So, so for you guys to get to World Cup is, is an absolute oh, massive story. Well, my, my dad's team, they're all amateurs. There are a lot of Englishmen, um, amateurs. They've been, you know, some of them were pros in England and came to New Zealand. But when we got to the 2010 World Cup, things had changed where that starting 11 were all pros. So yeah. things have changed now where they would, you know, in that World Cup team, there was a guy who had to ask uh, his bank manager for, to get time off. So he was working in a bank. Right. Uh, there, was a, there was a couple of other guys working normal jobs. So they were the lads on the, in the squads. But our actual starting 11 and probably 12, uh, they, we were all pros. But now you fast forward to 2020, every single squad member now is a pro and in big leagues. So we've got one lad in... That, uh, um, go on. No, you're all right. Yeah, go, on, go, on, on. Yeah, go on. I'm just saying, talk about that team that you qualified for the World Cup with them. What... What kind of players made that, that team up then? Because that, that's still a while ago now, isn't it? Yeah, so that's 2010. So that was, uh, you know, the biggest names at that time would have been Ryan Nelson, who played for um, Blackburn. Yeah. Yep, yep. At the time, he was probably the only Premier League player. I was playing in the championship with uh, Plymouth. You had Chris Killen, who was playing for Celtic at the time. Um, and then you had a host of players playing in uh, America, Australian leagues. Um, Chris Wood, young Chris Wood on the yes, bench. Yes, I was just about to yeah. suggest Chris Wood, but I don't want to sound daft. He, he, he was there, wasn't he? I mean, he's yeah, this was, a great player, wasn't he? Yeah, at the actual World Cup, then you had Tommy Smith, who play, was playing at Ipswich. You had uh, a young Winston Reid, who ended up going to West Ham. Ah, West Ham. Yeah. But those guys, those uh, Tommy and uh, Winston, weren't involved in that Bahrain game. Right. right. So they came later on. 
uh, yeah. into the World Cup um, fold. So, you know, we did have, you know, we had some really good players. It's, it's that World Cup, sorry, Carl, go on. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, um, when you talk about New Zealand players, if you look at it from a Barnsley perspective, you, am I th- right to think that Leo Bertos, who... We, we had seven, at one time with Colin, we had seven New Zealanders. I think we had um, me, uh, David Mulligan. Mulligan, yeah. Um, so the first, two, the first two years was my dad sent, because Cole, obviously, the connection was Cole. Yeah. And um, Cole knew we were coming. It's all right. He's just putting the pictures What's going on? You still here? Is that, is that photo? So, so that was my... Maybe I was, yeah, I was second year there. So there was a couple of first years. Anthony Kay there at the bottom. Yeah. Um, he was obviously in that group. Um, this was like the first and second years. I was second year. So at the bottom left, you got David Mulligan there who ended yeah. up, you know, being a good pro. Yeah. Uh, he played Barnes, uh, played in the first team for, but actually he played under Steve Park and he played a, pretty much, uh, he played over a hundred games, I think. Okay. Something like that. So, um, and then you have obviously Anthony K, who's a bit of a club legend there, isn't he? What do you, yeah, what'd you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Part, <laughs> of, that, part of that promotion, uh, yeah, yeah. team, but we'll, we'll get to that one later, Rory. Promise, <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, at the bottom, uh, bottom right, you got um, Barraclough, yep, yeah. So he, he was a, he was an unbelievable player. He um, he got he broke into the Barnsley first team, but he has um, his injuries pretty much finished him finished his career really okay. uh, but he was quality I, I really believed if he stayed fit he could have played in the Premier League because wow. he was so quick wow I remember one time when he was um, playing that uh, we were away at Wimbledon and, and he, he actually got the man of the match at Wimbledon you don't tear of many <laughs> <Yeah>. players getting <laughs> no. the away, the away team gets man of the match that's unheard of he said there were seven New Zealand players within that setup. Then is that is that a year prior to that photograph? Then, so then we all started coming after this year. So it was me and Mully first. So obviously okay. you see me up the top. So it was me and Mully first, and then it was a guy called uh, obviously Jeremy Christie, who um, Jeremy Christie came with Alan Pierce. Uh, they never broke into the first team, uh, but they became pros and stuff like that. Uh, and then yeah, obviously you had Leo. Birdos, who broke into the first team. Yeah. Yeah. How many is that? Five. And then you had uh, Darren Young, six. Right. And, and this is all, all the influence of, of Colin Walker and, and your father to a certain extent. Yeah. So my dad sent over me, Mully, uh, Jeremy, and uh, Percy. And uh, obviously, Leo and Darren probably heard that there was a Kiwi contingent and they just came there for trials and they got, they got selected. So right. my dad had nothing to do with Leo and uh, Darren. Got you, got you. Just, just a few, three or stats up here, Rory. I don't know. Uh, obviously, you made, made fifty-eight appearances for Barnsley, uh, scoring eleven goals. Uh, out of those eleven goals, any that stick out in your mind as as being probably most important or your favourite to a certain extent? Uh, probably my debut goal, actually, because that was the one. I, you know, I was struggling. Uh, you know, I made my uh, first team appearance when I was 18 with uh, Sparkman. Um, and then, obviously, he got the sack and uh, Parkin, Steve Parkin came in. And I, he, I was struggling under him, you know. Uh, for some reason, he, you know, didn't, uh, well, at the time, he didn't like me and sent me out to Ireland. And I was just in pretty much, uh, I was in the, you know, 
in the middle of nowhere really with my yeah, with my no football and then yeah I was in no man's land at the time so I was just like what's going on here so you know I made my debut at 18 you know I felt like you know this could be my opportunity now uh, and then I had to wait till 19th you know late into my 19th year to to break in and obviously Steve at the time, we were losing a lot of the games. We were struggling and, you know, the strikers weren't scoring goals. And I think he was like, you know, I'm going to have to chuck him in. Um, and then I um, and then I scored on, on that night. And then I was, when I went, my, my pretty much my football career went from there. Yeah, you won that first, that first night. Yeah, we Blackpool. won that game. I, I, you know, I forgot who the team was, though. It might have it's, been Blackpool. Yeah, Blackpool, it's on the screen. First goal, yeah, 17th of September, 2002 yeah. against Blackpool, thanks yeah, to BFC's that. stats. Um, so that's, that's your favourite goal then, as it stands? Yeah, that was, you know what? It was an absolute basic goal. I pretty much chested it. Someone crossed it in and I just chested it in. But that goal was the one that gave me the confidence to kick on. And then I think the next week I scored again. And yeah. then it just went on from there. And there was, you know, and then obviously... Uh, Steve got the sack but my favourite time was when um, with Glenn Hodges and, and Colin when they were in charge like that's where I felt I played my best football I was getting eights every week and then I was playing so well scoring goals and then obviously I got um, a stress fracture and that's what pretty much that put me yeah. back eh? yeah and then obviously they I, I was I was absolutely devastated when um, Glenn Hodges didn't get the job because for me he was like, I would have ran through wall, brick walls for that guy. Um, he was unbelievable. And obviously, Colt, who, um, you know, brought me into the fold, I just felt so comfortable with them guys. And all the, you know, all the lads loved them. And then obviously, the, <clears throat> the club didn't keep them. And Thordeson came in. Uh, good John. And I was yeah. just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, move on. <laughs> you no, know, it was just like, for me, it was, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. How, you talked about, uh, obviously, Cole, about Glenn. Throughout your career, then, any, any besides Dorsal, any coaches with, with other teams that you've played for that have stood out that you say, or it, it, has there been something about each and every coach that have made you the professional that, that you ended up being? I'd say my, my biggest influence was my dad, because obviously he taught me, but there were, you know, there's obviously the first few uh, pro coaches. Um, Colin Walker uh, was the main one. Uh, Barry Wagstaff, do you remember? Do you remember him? The name rings a bell. Yeah, so he was he was my under seventeens coach. So um, yeah, he was he okay. was big for me. And and Mark Smith Smudge. Yeah, Smudger. So he, uh, these guys were massive in my um, in my development. And that's something we often forget, don't we? Because we see players coming through and you think, oh, yeah, he did really well in the under-23s or under-18s. But actually, these days, as you well know, which we'll go on to in a bit, you know, the academies now have development squads from under-10s, under-11s, under-12s, yeah. and they lay the foundation. Um, I mean, who said 100%. it the other day? We had, um, we had uh, Jim O'Brien on, who's doing his coaching hours at Barnsley, and says, I'm working with sometimes under-12s, sometimes under-14s, and you're not just looking at football, you're shaping human beings, and that's as big a part of the game, isn't it? 100%, and especially at those ages, it's like, those are the massive learning years. Yeah. And I learned so much, especially around Colt, the Colts, uh, you know, Colin. Obviously, you know, the lads used to always hammer me, like, call me, used to call me Golden Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Colt, Colt did love me, though, to be fair. Like, mm. he did love me, obviously, because my dad helped him. And, I, you know, I, 
obviously I was good enough to, you know, to, to be called golden bollocks because like I was playing well as well. Yeah. Um, you know, breaking into the team at 18, um, you know, it's very different. And that was in the championship as well. Um, so it was, you know, but those guys were massive in my, um, uh, Eric Winstanley as well. Uh, yeah. Don't forget him. Eric Winstanley gets mentioned in every conversation we ever have with any player to do with Yeah, but he was, always, he was always in there and he was always talking to us. And, you know, he, he didn't coach me as much as those other guys. But yeah. for him to take time out and to speak to us, you know, it was, it was massive. But there were also f- uh, players, pros, who were, who like really helped me as well. And um, who was uh, uh, Craig Hignett. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was quality. He was like one of the best pros, you know, to ever, you know, you know, back in the days where you had to clean boots and yet we were pretty much cleaners. We yeah. were cleaning that. <laughs> yeah. Oakwell was spotless. Yeah. <laughs> like you'll, you'll hear some of the stories from the lads. We, you know, everyone had their jobs. We're the top man. Uh, and he would look after all of us, making sure that we did our jobs. And that place was so clean. They didn't need cleaners. We it, was, uh, it still happens now a bit, doesn't it? Because I know, was it earlier? I had a last season or a season before. Um, I, I can't remember much about it, but I played, played really well. Scored a couple of goals. And one of the, I think then on the 16th, but, oh, it's all down to, to those boots. Oh, I think it's Aidan Marsh. It and it was Aidan Marsh. Woodrow, I think, yeah. Who, yeah. Who is now on the verge of sort of breaking yeah. in at a very young age again, isn't it? Aiden, well, so Aiden, funny story about that. On the, the second time I came back to um, Barnsley, so I, came, I not many people know, but I came back to Barnsley after Scotland. Right. So oh. when I was playing in Scotland, I ended up going because I, I bought a house there when I was a kid. So at 21, my dad was like, buy a house. As soon as you get a pro contract, buy a house. So I bought a house and I, and I kept it. And then I came back and I was doing my badges and I, I was just uh, waiting around and I. I was living in Monk Breton and um, um, a guy called Graham, like, look, I, I spoke to a, a school nearby me and I was like, you know, is there any chance I can take the kids because I need to do my hours for my coaching badges? Course, can I take the kids? Course. I'll do it for free. I'll do it uh, once a week and, or whatever, how many, however many times you want me to take it. And the funny thing was Aidan was in that group. Wow. So I had him wow. for about a year. See? That's part of making of the superstar. Because Aidan Mars is one of those, I suppose. He went on pre-season. He only left high school, I think, sort of like September last year. So um, he's learning his trade. And, and to be able to do that amongst all these professionals in a club like yeah. ours, I mean, that, that's huge, isn't it? Do you know what? That, that little team I took was a brilliant little team. I loved every minute of it. Just, uh, you know, they loved football as well. So They were so dedicated. There were two lads that I thought, wow, these two are going to be players. Aiden yeah. was one and a, a, a little lad called uh, Vusi. I didn't know what happened to him, but those two lads were, and I was like, Aiden is going to go all the way. I knew it. Brilliant. He will. Brilliant. And obviously, we'll get to your, your current career now, and, and obviously that'll tie in perfectly, yeah. won't it? Well, the funny thing is that I've, I've got in touch now with Aiden again. So just like, hey, how are you, mate? It's, you know, it's great to catch up with, because he was, he was a little boy back then, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, so I, inspired had, him. I, had one, inspired I had one year with him and it was, it was brilliant, mate, just to see him. But you could tell he was a player. And obviously, like yourself and like me, he's a, he's a striker. Um, yeah. Carlo, Carlo was a defender. I'll, I'll get me called. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he was a defender. Uh, I currently play for a, a, a team called the Cross Keys. 
massive Rory. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. Cross Keys, yeah, at the pub, eh? Cross Keys. Yeah, Sunday League team. <laughs> you know, I'm slamming him in from everywhere, Rory. Um, I just wondered if you got any tips from me to, uh, to make me a better striker. I mean, obviously, sometimes confidence flows. It ebbs. Uh, I'm in and out of form. I just wondered if there's anything you could do for me. Like, just, just to make me a better player, really. Just, just enjoy it, mate. Just enjoy it. <laughs> That's just, it. Enjoy, just enjoy it, mate. Do you know what I mean? Go out yeah. there and have a smile on your face and enjoy football, mate. Don't put pressure on yourself. And, and maybe so start playing against people your own age. Because, I mean, the Open <laughs> 11th League is tough. It is. But I think you're at an unfair advantage, Chris. Do you know what? You're, you're braver than me because I wouldn't dare play in those leagues. It's a rough league. It's yeah. a rough league. It's funny because yeah, I wouldn't ask you to play for us next season, Rory, actually. So. <laughs> Do you know, I've had many offers to come back to play football. I was like, nah. nah. Once you finish, you finish and that's it. So before we leave Oatwell and move on to other parts of your career, uh, in terms of golden bollocks, as you called yourself, did you ever end up in trouble? Were you ever not so golden? Oh, man, all the time. It was, do you know, I've been speaking to Mali, you know, and I know a lot of people know some stories and stuff like that. I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to celebrate it. But the, the culture um, of that football club at the time, there was a massive drinking culture. Like that, that right. whole time around probably 99, 98, 99, um, 2000 there was there was a there was a drinking culture there and it was okay. pretty much one of them things where it's like you do get entangled into it and it's one of them things where you know you're cleaning someone's boots and they'll like, oh, come out with us lads you know what i mean it's one of the things you want to be part of the team of course you want to be upset so it's like to a certain do you know there's some there's some you know christmas dues well there were some things i just can't even explain what happened <laughs> <laughs> It's too, it's too, it's too much to even talk about. It's you just can, you like, can go wow. into it without giving any names away. Is there anything? You no, can no, I can't, mate. Look, it's just like the, the things, the things that went off at that football club around that time. I was just like, it was, it was mind blowing. Well, on the team, like, what sorry, is, sorry. What's, what's happening there? Like, what was going on? <laughs> on the team photo, we saw John Parkin. So I'm pretty sure somehow he will have been involved. Oh, in, he's was always, he was always in the mix. <laughs> we, we, we do plan always getting, in the mix. We, get, we plan on getting you and John, John on at some point together, Rory. Um, yeah, he, to be fair be though, nice. you know, when we, were, when we were young, we were in competition. Like, there's no doubt about yeah. it. Me and yeah. him, we, we didn't pretty much... We, we tried to get on, but it was we were in full-on competition mode. And it was like... I, it was like there's only going to be one place for us. So we were constantly scrapping with each other. Um, not yeah, actual yeah. fighting, but we were, yeah. we were in competition. But the great thing about John, Johnny was unbelievable at centre-back. I, I still believe that if he, if he stayed, if he like, because obviously he was the worst at running. He was horrific. <laughs> but it, but if, if he was fit and he went at centre-back, he would have played in the Premier League. A long, he would have been a long-term Premier League player. Easy. Really? Easy. Really? He was unbelievable at centre-back. But obviously, wow. he wanted to be up front and score the goals and get all the glory, wasn't it? But, <laughs> but there were times where we would, we would play up front together in the 17s and the 19s. We would destroy people. We would destroy them. There was, what, there was uh, you know, uh, Cole was talking the other day. We, um, we lost, we lost a, this is a funny story. We lost to Nottingham Forest that's that team that you just saw there we lost to Nottingham Forest like 7-0 right. and he he ripped into us man 
And he was like, on Monday morning, you're going to be, I'm going to run you into the ground. And he's like, you'll never forget this day. And then, so in the morning we did, we did, uh, what was it? 600 meters, then 400 meters, 600 meters, then 300 meters, 600 meters, then 200 meters, and then 600 meters and 100 meters. That's the first morning. The lads were dead. <laughs> and so, cause he, he made this track around the pitches. So we right. were just like, we were dead. The, and in the afternoon we thought oh, you'll get the balls out in the afternoon he took us down to the lakes we did two 12 minute runs at the lakes and if you've heard any stories about the lakes they're legendary right that it was some of the hardest pre-season running i've ever done in my whole career wow. but he gave he, he gave us that running in the morning and then two 12 minute runs and you know the 12 minute runs they're 15 minute runs they're not 12 minutes you've got to run them in 12 how did john deal without running <laughs> <laughs> he got lapped about six times the first, uh, first morning, and I think by the afternoon he was just he was gone. We're gonna, we'll ask him about it next time we he, see him. He was just he was just like on a walk, but the, the fit so ones you, were just bombing. It was it was I've never felt so, so sick in my life. And then the ne and then on the Tuesday we couldn't walk. You, you you talk with great passion about your time at Barnsley, but obviously the time came and you moved on. Yeah. And can you get the next photo ready, please, Chris? Just so yeah, it's right. Yeah, just let me know when. Yeah, just put it up. Well, well, you know what? The, the, well, the Barnsley, the Barnsley stuff though, I could talk all day about because there's so many stories. Another great lad as well, uh, a pro was Sean McClare. Great guy. Oh yeah, yeah. For some of you that don't know, he was one of the guys that probably put his art. He was the one that looked after me. He was top man. So you mentioned you mentioned good John Ford Arson coming in and the writing being on the wall and things, and it comes to your time to leave Barnsley, which is what Carlo were mentioning. How did that feel leaving Barnsley? Gutting? Were you ready for a new adventure, new challenge? Or yeah, well, I'd been there for five years, and I felt, do you know, if they kept that youth team and they kept Hodge, I would have hundred percent stayed. I really felt that that team would have just kicked on, like, uh, but I felt like they they pretty much got rid of Johnny. They let, they put Johnny on a free. Like, how is Johnny Parkin on a free? I know. That is, um, yeah. It's, it's beyond belief, man. Most of those lads played uh, first team. You had Ricky Ravenhill who went on a free. He went, you know, he was a long-term pro. Yeah. Um, Brian O'Callaghan, he went on a fr uh, free. Mully went on a free to Doncaster. I was probably the only one that got sold. So, yeah, um, it come to, it come to your time to leave. Um, you played for yeah. Well, it's time for me to go. I just I was hating it at that time because it just everything was changing, and I just I had my heart set on you know Glenn Hodges taking that team, you know, and then I just didn't I just didn't like uh, Good John. You know, everyone will have different stories. You know, I don't want to hammer managers because you know I would dislike one and someone else would love them. So yeah, yeah. I don't want to be biased in that way. But for me personally, I just hated being around the guy. Um, so it was pretty much like it's time to leave and he said look you're, um, I'm going to sell you and uh, he said Swindon have come in for you and you're going to go I was like okay at that time I didn't know that I had uh, at the time I was, we were in administration as well so we had all that administration of people who yeah. remember that as well so you know Mully had a three year contract waiting for him and they just you know they didn't give it to him because obviously they were in administration they could just get rid of players willy nilly so yeah, he ended so up just walking the money for your stay obviously would have helped him uh, I say, yeah. so you've got to yeah, play but for... I don't think I don't I only think it was about 60 grand right okay, so wow. it was peanuts I, I, you know I reckon you know they 
it was bad business because I think it, a few years back when I was playing for England, at the time I was playing for England, I think they could have sold me for a lot more money. Yeah. I just, I just felt there was a lot of bad man management around that time, you know, upstairs and around. We've, we've heard know, that quite a lot. People. Yeah. There's some great people that worked at the club, uh, club like Remo and, you know, some unbelievable people like, but there was some stuff that just, you know, that for some reason, there was too many managers coming through uh, Barnsley Football Club. I think I counted about maybe nine managers in five years. Yeah. And there was no yeah. consistency either. Different styles. Yeah, different it was ethos, just... And, it, it never... and especially, especially with that group of players, you know, you're missing three... You're missing uh, Chris Barker from that picture. Chris yeah. Barker, Leo Burdos and Neil Austin as well. Wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah, those, real so you core. got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You got twelve out of all those that whole team, twelve players were, you know, played either in first team or went to, played in the championship, World Cup players, internationals. Do you know that that team could have been unbelievable? Because we'd played from seventeen years. We mm. we knew each other inside out. Yeah. They probably just needed a bit more patience and at that time it, we probably, just needed, probably weren't we needed, the right. I we needed a manager that stayed there for longer. Who yeah. we needed a Glenn Hodges to stay there. That's what and we needed. Chris, just to let you know, there's seven and a half minutes left. So just, I just want to talk about obviously the present day, but I just want to show the photo, which I'm sure Rory will know. Which yeah, one no is. problem. Just, uh, so obviously but, you've you've moved on. You've been to numerous clubs, um, and eventually you did you did come back, as Carlos said, to haunt Barnsley. Um, we're going to that one, Rory. Uh, do you want to just fill us in what's happening there? Well, do you know what? I think more. It was more. Uh, that day was. That was a bittersweet day for me. That because obviously, we that that Swansea team, if you remember, was unbelievable. We yeah. we yeah, should talented. have gone up. We should have gone up um, automatic on the yeah. team. And I think by the time you get to the playoffs, it's and we, I've, you know, we were winning two one, and I think we let that really bad goal that went under the. Uh, Wall. As soon yeah, as they, as soon as Barnsley the wall, scored, Mardiello, yeah. yeah. As soon as Barnsley scored that second goal, I was like, "It's over." Because I, I knew that Barnsley would. I knew, I knew the lads. They were lagging. They were lagging. They were just wanting to get to pens. And well, I knew if what? we got Swansea, I knew, I knew if we didn't score, yeah, we, we would lose the pens. Right. You sometimes in football you get a feeling. It's usually the team that's struggling near the end hanging on they're the ones that want the pens yeah yeah yeah. I mean that's, so, that, we, that goal was unbelievable something. Rory it was I mean it's, it, it, I think it's your second over kick you scored one previously against Bristol City I'm thinking right yeah I scored uh, one uh, when I let uh, I scored one for when I was at Swindon against Bristol City in the Derby yeah, yeah. Um, that one was a lot better but this one at, um, at the stadium was massive yeah. Um, but uh, for me, I, I I wasn't too hurt because I played really well. I played unbelievable. I scored the unbelievable goal. Um, it was just you know, and when it comes down to penalties, it's a lottery. And obviously, Kenny took me off as well, which I I was probably more angry at him taking me off than us losing because yeah. I would have took one of the pens. Yeah, you were you you made a fifteen year old me very upset, uh, Rory, for that. <laughs> For that celebration, because I was a massive fan for you at Barnsley, I, I absolutely love watching you play. If I'm honest, and uh, that one really yeah. upset me. That that one, uh, your celebration, I just, I mean, it, it's haunted me for years. <laughs> I just want to know what the, I'm, was it? I'm thinking it was he- air guitar, wasn't it? You played air guitar. I'm just wondering yeah, what the. Um... 
yeah, it was one of my celebrations of playing the air guitar. Okay. Pretty lame right now when I think about it, but like it was just it's just one of them things when you do as a kid, you know. Uh, but yeah. it was it was one of them. You and you know when you when you score massive goals like that, you just do mad things. You know, it's just one of those euphoric moments. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was a great day. I still look back at that day and think that was a great game. I, I hate to interrupt because we've only got about four and a half minutes left, but I have to ask you, Rory, tell us a little bit what you're doing now because we're still involved in football. And if you can as well, if you were to be, to be able to get rid of one thing in football and we could put it in room 102, whether that be VAR, referees, nobody's mentioned agents yet, but that will come, uh, agents, whatever. If there is something you could take away from football to make it a better game, what would it be? But first of all, just tell us what you're doing at the moment. Also, at the moment, um, obviously, I had a two-year break from football just to, you know, rekindle, you know, the hunger for it. And uh, I went back into Plymouth. So I'm coaching now in the Plymouth Argyle Academy. So I'm pretty much putting back into, you know, all the people that have put into me. I felt like, you know, it's time for me to to help the next generation. So um, I'm coaching the lads at Plymouth Argyle. Um, I'm taking the four teams. Uh, and the, to be fair, the, the 14s I have are quality. Like this is like some batch of kids that I've got here. Very yeah. similar to Aiden when I saw him when he was a kid. These kids are something else. So uh, we've recently had a lot of lads, um, you know, obviously every year you get the, you know, you're, you're a dream destroyer now, aren't you? When yeah. you become a coach, you become a, a dream yeah. destroyer. Um, little Johnny now is not going to make it because of you. So it's one of them things, but you know, a lot of my team have gone up into the 15s, 16s now. I, I, I have to say, I'd, I saw, say about, I'd say about most of the team. I'd I saw a post on your Facebook. I saw a post, I think, on your Facebook or on your page to say that they've all been retained despite the COVID and everything that they have to live through. And I think that's, I think Barnsley's done the same. I think Bobby Hassel said all the players under 16 will be kept on because you can't send that letter or make that phone call in, in times that we live. And just, and I'm really sorry, two and a half minutes. To make football better, what would you take away from football? If me and Chris could click our fingers and make it go away, what would make football better? I wouldn't say agents, but I'd say bad agents. Yeah. (laughs) Bad agents. What what does a bad agent look like, Rory? A bad agent is someone that is in it for himself and will take a player out of a club and send him to no man's land for his own gain. Yeah, a good sign-on fee and... and, and a large percentage of the sign of field, yeah. I think I think there was one case in is the Sunderland documentary. Someone was talking yeah, about yes. it. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. There's people like that. They're yeah. just absolute uh, bloodsuckers, you know. Yeah, it's not. And uh, it's another, another there's thing, so much more we want to cover. I know it's not right. You know, we Go didn't on. even. I could have kept talking about Barnsley, you know. <laughs> we will do one day. We will. We do it. But, um, and I think the I'm good also, thing is. I'm also coaching. At, I'm also assistant coach of New Zealand as well. So I'm doing the. Academy I was just about to ask that. So yeah. You, you, yeah. Which is unbelievable, really. What, what an eye level to be coached. You must be learning so much of so many people. Chris, there's less oh. than a minute. So if this gets cut off, huge thank you to Rory Fellon, but please keep talking. Yeah, I'll learn. I, I, <laughs> yes, I, 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 no, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll close up. Rory, would you come back for part two, uh, maybe in a week yeah, or so? Yeah, definitely. love to, mate. That'd be yeah, brilliant. There's a lot more. And me and Carl have a think about what we like to ask yeah. about, what we've missed out. and We'll, we'll send we'll you a beforehand so you know. Come yeah, so quickly, Rory, because you're such an interesting person. You've been around the block. You've been at Barnsley. You've been at New Zealand. You've lived such a storied career, and it still continues to do there. 
I've finally forgiven you for scoring that goal against us. Finally, well, you won. Today, you won. So you've got to be happy. I did, we did. It was your celebration because I loved you so much at Barnsley and it hurt a lot. But no, we've, we've built that bridge and it's brilliant for you to come on, mate. We really appreciate it. No, nah, thanks for having me. Thank you very Good much. Time. And stay safe, especially with your young family. Yeah, thank you. You guys too. All right. always, I've been Chris Ridgard from England. He's been Carlo van der Watering from Holland. He's been Rory Flower <laughs> from New Zealand. Cheers. This has been the Reds Report. Thank you very much. Good night. See you later. Thank you. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Talk Sport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight, analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.